Jumbo fellow adventurers, it's Mike Dooley welcoming you to the very first of spiritual tune-ups, stemming back to March 2020, when the world was in the throes of upheaval with a recognition that we were in the midst of the first global pandemic of its kind in our own existence. Everything was chaos. And so I was drawn to the internet to leave a four and a half minute video on social media and YouTube explaining my views, which were not that unique amongst new thought leaders, about the cause and the ramifications of this pandemic, explaining that it was the beginning of a healing, not the beginning of the end. And that video I did almost immediately reached 100,000 views, and it told me the world was in need of more comfort and reassurance on a daily basis. Listen, enjoy, and please thumbs up, engage. It makes all the difference when you have the opportunity to leave some feedback on your favorite podcast service. Taliho amigos. Jambo, fellow adventurers, and good morning. It's a Saturday. The birds are singing. And it's time for a spiritual tune-up. I was hoping to have a guest speaker today, but um, she had priorities. So uh, today we're going to talk about karma. I brought it up yesterday because yesterday I was speaking to the absolute truth of our thoughts becoming the things and events of our life with zero mitigating circumstances. Zero. And I said one of those things that too often people give their power away to is the concept of karma, which... I think is profoundly misunderstood. So today we're going to talk about karma and I'm going to relieve you from any past karma you think may be holding you back in this lifetime because it ain't so. First, intuitively, just through deductive reasoning, it's really easy to get to a place of understanding that it just can't rob you of your power. And I'm going to go there with you in a moment. But I want to say that in addition to my own deductive reasoning, which I encourage everyone to do, go there, go within, the truth is there. I have been fortified in my 20 years of searching and confirmed many of my beliefs through some of the most profound literary works of all. One of which is the Seth material dictated by Jane Roberts. Seth, so profound, zero agenda, similarly says that karma ain't that big of a deal. And uh, Ramtha recently also, the White Book by Jay-Z Knight, said the same thing. But far more important than Ramtha, Seth, or myself telling you that karma is not absolute. It is not an absolute law. I know they call it the law of karma, and there's good reason, but it's not absolute. Far more than taking my word for it or finding it in a book, go within and connect the dots as I'm going to help you do this very moment. Okay, as I talked about, we are the eyes and the ears of the divine. Come alive in the dream of life because we could, because we wanted to, because we'd be safe, because we'd be powerful. We didn't come here to be puppets on marionette strings. We didn't come here to grovel and put the needs of others before our own. We came here to shine our light and doing so, all of humanity benefits, as does the wildlife, as do we find creative fulfillment. If karma was an absolute law, you could not say thoughts become things. You could not say believe and ye shall receive. 
What if there's karma? Well, believing you shall receive, footnote, unless you were a pirate in the 12th century and it's payback time. Um, it could not be said that you create your own reality. It could not be all of these things. It could not say, you know, creative visualization, positive thinking always work. Well, I'm the one who says they always work. If there was this caveat of karma as an absolute law, it wouldn't be true. It'd be like, you know, what's the score? So what is karma? Because sure enough, you and I both see what goes around comes around so often uh, and sometimes very quickly. But it is not because of a scorecard. A scorecard, you know, if you violate five times one morning, somebody else, does that karma as it's understood to be an absolute law would mean you have to be violated five times. If you killed somebody in the last, last, last lifetime, that would likely mean you would have to be killed this lifetime or in some lifetime. Now, what if your thoughts after you committed some grievous omission, violation of somebody else, what if you saw the horror of your ways? What if you suddenly realized, hey, I, I just hurt myself. Hey, there's love and beauty everywhere. There was another way to deal with that. And suddenly you raise your vibration for any reason, whether it was self-reflection or just noticing the beauty that's everywhere. You raise your vibration to a place of, you know, your thoughts are of love, they are of peace, they are of health, they are of healing, they are of service, they are of beauty, they are of your power. <clears throat> Those thoughts would be the thoughts swirling around you, becoming the things and events of your life, and not, wait a minute, stop everything, you hurt somebody when you are a pirate, walk the plank, dude. It would violate your ability to create on the fly if it was an absolute law. But what does happen? If you live in a world where you think, you know, it's survival of the fittest, kill or be killed, better take advantage of other people or they're going to take advantage of you. Many people think like that. Many people think that we're all animals, base nature, that we are, are you know, filthy, vile. And if no one's looking, we would all pillage and plunder to our heart's content. Ha 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 ha. If that's your mindset, if that's your vibration, you will pillage and you will be pillaged. You will plunder and you will be plunder. And that wheel, there's the lingo from the, the Orient, that wheel of karma will never end until you change your thinking and rise to another level. The instant you change your thinking, no matter what the score was, you're lifted free you're lifted free. So karma is a phenomenon. It is extremely prevalent. We see it everywhere. What goes around comes around, but not as an absolute law. You can just deduce that and realize your power is in the moment you choose your thoughts, change your focus, you change your experience. It doesn't matter what the score was. There is no scorecard. There is no judgment. It is you creating on the fly as a streaming manifester. Let this embolden you. If somebody says, you know, you're dealing with a karmic issue uh, with that person in your life, and that's why it's so difficult. It's not a problem that you're paying a penance for in a past life. This is another example. 
What's going on here is that you never figured out your crossed wires in the past life. You're still vibrating at this level and you're still dealing with it right now. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's fulfillment. Maybe it's battling your own inner resistance to diving into life. Until you change your vibe, it's going to continue lifetime after lifetime. Not this lifetime because it, it arose in another lifetime and now there's a, a score to settle, but because you haven't changed your vibe. So you're not beholden to a past life. Never have been. This is the greatest news ever. Change your thinking now and you're free. You can live as you want to live, manifest as you want to manifest. Behold the Garden of Eden. You are loved and adored. There is no scorecard. Change your thinking. Change your life. Lots of love. Happy everything, everybody. It's Mike Dooley. This is Easter Sunday, April 12, 2020. It's time for a spiritual tune-up, but I thought... I thought this time I would do something a little bit different. I would not come with a rehearsed spiel to be on my platform. I thought I would make it a little more personal, down to earth, a little more humble uh, and, and share with you, you know, while I often speak and uh, pronounce like, this is the way it is and we are of God, inclined to succeed, I thought I'd I thought I would, what was that? I thought I would share that, you know, I'm a fellow student like you. I'm a human being like you. I'm a God particle like you. And it's easy to lose sight of how much we have in common um, when we're talking about push this button, pull that lever, make your dreams come true. Um, we are all here as brothers and sisters. Uh, everyone watching this right now is a son or a daughter. Many of you are moms or dads. You've got kids or you chose a different path. Um, what I think is really exciting and beautiful to realize is that, you know, this platform and what I do is all about us on that sacred pilgrimage to truth, to discovering identity, self-realization. And uh, it's like we're all homing pigeons dropped off by God, making our way back. Really, it's our option to hold each other's hands and to support one another. Um, when I look at some of the folks that seem most different from me and some of those who drive me the craziest, um, a little trick I have is to, to speculate that maybe they chose a harder lifetime than me. They chose bigger challenges given where they were coming from. And it's one thing for me to say, well, can't you see you know, how simple and obvious it is? And all you need to do is A, B, and C. It's like, no, they can't see that. And perhaps in a few, a few lifetimes ago, I was in the same place and I couldn't see that. And I maybe chose a wise person to be in my midst so that I might be able to learn better and do better. Uh, and we all take turns shining our light, leading the way, showing how easy it can be, showing how hard it can be. But really, we are one in the same. And uh, I've got a little Easter bunny in the background right here, uh, which makes me so humble and brings me down to earth. Come on over here, little Easter bunny. Uh, what were you saying a minute ago? And what have you been doing all morning long? Making scavenger hunts of eggs. 
making scavenger hunts. For who? You. For me. I get to follow a trail of eggs all around the house. Uh, am I blessed or what? Uh, and then what did the Easter Bunny do last night? Came and visited us and did what? Gave us eggs. Yeah, eggs. Did he turn the real eggs into plastic eggs? He, she was excited about that all week long. Yes. Yeah, plastic eggs. The Easter Bunny has this magical ability of turning nature into plastic. Yeah, who knew? So anyway, from my heart to yours, from my family to yours, my adventure to yours, I thought I would just step this down and let it be really easy and remind everybody that we're brothers and sisters, whether you're Republican or Democrat, whether you're a capitalist or a communist, whether you're white or black or anywhere in between, um, you're pure God. We're all pure God. I can't do what I do without you. And there are people who can't do what they do without you. Anyway, um, have an awesome, beautiful weekend, whether you're alone, whether you're in contemplation. Um, we're all on that same path uh, of truth to a promised land. And we're all going to get there and we're all going to be like, you know, let's go do it again. Let's go do it again, but remember the love, remember the togetherness, remember the family. And uh, I wish you Godspeed on your journey, and I hope that our paths cross one day, uh, whether, whether it's on a scavenger hunt or otherwise. Whether it's on the Easter Bunny. Yeah, the Easter Bunny. Okay, everybody, have an amazing week. Happy everything, and I'll see you tomorrow morning with a... Hey, for his Time for my scavenger hunt. Hey everybody, good morning. Mike Dooley here. Time for a spiritual tune-up on a very spicy topic. Uh, soulmates and ancient spiritual contracts. Uh, a couple days ago, I was talking about the absolute unbending unyielding principle of our thoughts becoming things because we are of God, by God, pure God. And this one unmovable pillar makes our reality possible and therefore makes our ability to learn from our own mistakes and our own successes something viable. Whereas if Tinkerbell was on our shoulder or God was deciding who gets what, when and where, then we would never know did we succeed because we were powerful or did we succeed because Tinkerbell's powerful? And then two days ago, I talked to you about karma and how it is a phenomenon, not an absolute law, because if it was an absolute law, it would interfere with your ability to change your mind, change your focus and recreate on the fly. Well, two other areas that frequently steal people's power are the concepts of soulmates, and ancient spiritual contracts. Now, I don't want to rain on anybody's parade. And I'm all for a lifetime of love with one person into eternity. So this is not to be anti-romantic. But it is a liberating concept to realize that where you are at any point in your eternal adventure, in and out of time and space or beyond, creates a certain resonance that other people will be aligned with. You know, sometimes you might feel like that person must be from the same planet as me because we laugh at the same jokes, we think the same thoughts, she can finish my sentences, and we have the same dance moves. Um, and then other people, you're like, what planet are they from? 
Okay, we all have a resonance and we're all from the mothership, okay? We're all deeply connected to each other. In a way, reincarnational aspects of everybody. Reincarnation is coming up in a few days as a discussion point. But back to your resonance. At any given point in the journey, and probably resonance changes very slowly as somebody's lifetime evolves. It probably, probably takes many lifetimes prior, before somebody like is totally a, a, totally a different person. I mean, I know we change from one moment to the next, but so wherever your resonance is, there's going to be people in alignment with it that light you up and you light them up and, and to the contrary. And if you will, it's based on your resonance, which is based on your focus, which is based on your beliefs and your chosen perspectives. There's going to be somebody that's ideally suitable for you. Okay. And that person would be a great person to be in a relationship with. And there are times in our evolution when really we're learning so much on our own that it's not an ideal time to be in a relationship. And this is where, where our relationships come from. And then we have some experience in one time learning with somebody whose resonance changes and evolves with ours. We may well live with them in another lifetime. Or maybe they helped us in a certain way in a lifetime. And we think, I'm going to help you in my next lifetime because I'm going to have a different handle on things because you're picking such a challenging path. Well, now it might be your turn through a spiritual contract to pay back voluntarily the person who loved you so much through thick and thin before, now you're going to be that person. But obviously you can see this kind of null and voids any idea of some individual spark of consciousness that's supposed to complete you. There's no such thing. You're already complete. Couldn't be more good to go in any and every way you'd like to be. There is no destined, fate-driven person of the same sex, of an opposite sex, or whatever, who's supposed to be with you. There may be an agreement. But you know what? Pertaining to these ancient spiritual contracts, we change them and rewrite them every single day. Now, somebody might be very happy with Hey, you know, I love my wife. I love my partner. I want to be with them. Hey, they disappointed me. I still want to be with them. Hey, there's so many good things about them. I can overlook the things that bother me about them. Now, you might say, oh, they're adhering to their spiritual contract. No, there is no contract as we understand contracts as human beings in the spiritual realm. There's understandings and possibilities that lead to probabilities, but nothing is written in stone. Otherwise, it would violate your thoughts becoming things, even a soulmate that you're supposed to be with. Well, what if you veer this way into to a whole nother resonance and they don't? Are you going to be stuck with them? No, you were never supposed to be with them. It was just a likelihood or a probability to begin with. So great news. You can love them and leave them. Or you can love them and stay with them. You can do whatever you want and you're violating no one. You can always do it with love in your heart. There's nothing unspiritual about uncoupling or divorce or breakup. And there's nothing more spiritual, um, that's not the right way to put it, than being in a relationship. It's not more spiritual to be in a relationship. It's all spirit. It's all good. You're powerful, pre-approved. Enjoy your amazing life.
Okay, soon we'll talk about reincarnation and some other sensitive areas where people tend to give their power away. You couldn't be more powerful. Have an amazing week. Tally-ho! Jambo, fellow adventurers, it's Mike Dooley. Time for a spiritual tune-up. And this time, it's on reincarnation and soul age. Something that is an area that we tend to give our power away on, and therefore one that needs a little bit of clarity. So, happy to be with you here today. I'm making sure all my connections are good. I'm live. Yay. Thanks for joining me, by the way, every single day. It's just fills my heart with joy and fulfillment when I see the hearts and the comments and the smiley faces. So reincarnation. As I've been sharing these spiritual tune-ups with you, going to some pretty deep and profound areas, one of the things that I always try to do for audiences, as well as myself, is I try to root the premise of my talk um, rationally through deductive reasoning. We have been taught our entire lives that you better read more books, you better get more education, you better search outside of yourself for answers. And that's the worst advice we could have ever received. Go within, what makes sense? Would God want to live a single lifetime as a tall, skinny, bald guy when God has eternity? Deductive reasoning. Everything is of God, by God, pure God, as I've already reviewed. If not, where would the stuff come from to make up humanity and atoms and butterflies and caterpillars? I mean, everything is of God, by God, pure God. By deduction, it's all happening inside of God. So God creates this odyssey, this, these illusionary jungles of time and space because he could, because she could, because it was fun, because why not? You got forever. So now God wants to go explore it. And so God has to forget she's everywhere always at once. And she incarnates as you and me and billions and trillions and zillions of others on parallel dimensions and non-time space dimensions. And and here we go, planet Earth. If you had eternity, would you want to just be some, you know, tall white dude? Or would you be curious, what's it like to be, you know, darker in color? What would it be like to live in future world where everything is done for you and amazing technology exists? After a few lifetimes there, what would it be like to go to caveman times? Time's an illusion, so your next life might be in the Stone Age. Uh, That warps and boggles the mind. You don't have to figure that out. We'll get to what's most important in just a little while. But if you've got eternity, why would you just be one person? And and if you've been male, wouldn't you be curious what it's like to be female? We all come back in every color, in every shade, with every leaning and inclination for the fun of it, because it's cool, because it's wild. Hey, let me be really creative this time. Let me be really logical this time. Let me have a lot of guidance this time. Let me have no guidance this time. Every single lifetime is led by our own desire, God's desire for more joy, expansion, creativity, play. Because when you're on the other side and you've just finished a lifetime and you've not yet blended with God, and even when you blend with God, you're not annihilated. 
you know, we think, uh, you know, like a, a cube of sugar and a cup of coffee. When this is all done, I blend back into God and I don't know who I am. Baloney, you're in God right now and you know who you are. You'll know who you are afterwards. And when you're done a lifetime, you're like, I was so loved. I was so powerful. It was so beautiful. My friends were there. I didn't know they were my friends. Some of them poked me. But now we're here and we're laughing. We're laughing so hard. Milk is coming out of our nose and we didn't even have a glass of milk. And it's just like, let's go back. Really and truly, let's go back. Besides, I wasn't very patient last lifetime. Besides, I wasn't very generous lifetime. Not only do we want joy, but there are some very obvious lessons to learn. Just look at the lessons you're learning right now, the lessons other people are learning right now. Love, self-love, love for others, how to express and put into words and actions your love for others, patience, resistance, dealing with resistance. Anybody out there feel resistance prior to a new adventure starting? Everyone. So let's go back and not be so resistant. Let's dive in head first. Let's Let's try it this way, that way, and every way. From the books that I have read that confirm this, that otherwise have no agenda, and that speak of great profound truths, they all say that we live thousands of lifetimes, tens of thousands of lifetimes. That's probably the norm from what I've gathered and I've read. And hey, that makes sense. After you know 42,000 lifetimes, I think I've pretty much been there, done that. You know, uh, let me find out what else is in the mind of God. What dimensions and realities and probabilities exist outside of time and space? The mind of God is always on this, okay? And this is just part of that adventure right now inside of God. And hence the expression, that person's an old soul. That person's a young soul. Now, when I put that in the notes from the universe, references to soul age, there's always a few people who are rattled and they don't like it. They don't like it at all. Hey, we're all the same. Hey, we're all of God. Hey, we're, it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Just like, okay, there's no such thing as time, but yet there was a time from within the illusions, I was a baby and then I was young and then I was young adult and then I was mature and then I was an older adult. How did that happen so fast? Um, so yeah, it's all happening simultaneously, but it's a reference point to speak of either the physical evolution of a body's growth from birth to senior years. And similarly, it's a reasonable explanation of the evolution of a soul. Old soul typically is less judgmental, more patient, more chill, not putting their dreams before their happiness. Big one there. And uh, it's just even keel. Now, an old soul, old soul qualities really doesn't have anything to do with time. It has to do with wisdom. And you could have more wisdom accumulated in a lifetime than somebody else in a thousand lifetimes and vice versa. Neither is better, by the way. Okay, we're all at different levels of our own evolution. And it's all beautiful and it's all good. And we're all friends and we're all family. Oh, and another interesting thing, usually from these books, and it makes sense logically, we choose lifetimes very carefully. We set the stage very carefully. Nothing is destined, but there are probabilities, probabilities that will heighten our opportunity to learn what we wanna learn and play the way we wanna play. And usually on these stages, we pick lifetimes with other folks who have lived with us before and they pick us as well. 
you're like, you know, you're really good at teaching me this. You're really good at keeping me on track. You're really good at pushing my buttons and I need that. Now you don't have to, there's no laws. Okay. There's no laws here. Thoughts become things is the only law. Some people pick lifetimes with complete strangers. Next lifetime might be on another planet. Next lifetime might be with a hundred thousand years in between. And then it'll be born to your kids, uh, kids. Okay. Remember time is an illusion. Next lifetime might be in the stone age, but usually we pick lifetimes with people we learn well with people that we have already fallen in love with. Just like when you go on vacation or you go to a club, you want to go with friends and family. Usually sometimes you want to go alone. Think of the freedom, think of the limitlessness. And based on my talk about karma the other day, there's no score. You don't have to do anything. Karma is not an absolute law, but yes, we bring stuff over that was unlearned in other lifetimes, not because it started in another lifetime, but because it arose and we misunderstood it. That's why it comes here this lifetime, because we misunderstood it and we want it to show up so that we can master it. Good morning, everybody, at least everybody in the Western part of the world now where the sun has just risen an hour or two ago. Mike Dooley here for another spiritual tune-up. This one on a very hot button topic, should be a lot of fun. Creationism versus evolution. Until now, at least in the Western world, there are really only two concepts put forth that are supposed to explain the origin of ourselves and life as we know it. Number one, God is an angry white man who put you here to test you, judge you, and sentence you. Where's your power in that equation? Nada, Zippo. The second prevailing premise that explains the origins of life in the Western world is that it's all random chance. Space dust must have collided at some point in the outer space, maybe a million or billion years ago, and fortuitously landed in a warm body of water, sprung consciousness, gills, and eventually crawled out of the oceans, ultimately learning to walk upright and to wear high heels. Now, I love that story, okay? What a story, what an imagination anybody must have had to originate it and then to believe in it. It's like, woohoo! But where is your power in that story? That random, meaningless, pointless, stupid things could happen to anybody for no reason? Do you really think we could have made it millions of years? in such a universe where there's no intelligence, no love, no order. It's ridiculous. Both concepts, a juvenile God or random chance, pointless, meaningless life is totally in contradiction to what our physical senses even show us. So how about this? How about this? How about the answer is neither A or B? It is C. Why not a blending of creationism versus evolution, both of which we see with our physical senses? Even scientists tell us that matter is not solid. What is it? 
Oh, it's whirling organized energy. Great job, scientists. Who organized it? It, it, it organized itself. Okay, come on. There's intelligence everywhere. The beauty, the magnificence, the plants, the animals, the people, the diversity, the symbiotic relationships. It's like mind numbing. It's ridiculous to think that consciousness sprung from a rock. It's never done that in a laboratory. But yet those who want us to believe the second of the two equations, that, it, that it's all random chance, also have to deal with evidence. Do you realize that nowhere on the face of the earth has there ever been found any, any, any evidence that documents the evolution of an amoeba, an amoeba to an elephant. No skeletal remains on planet Earth. No amoeba to elephant. No amoebas to bumblebees. No amoebas to human beings. Zero skeletal evidence. Not even close to think that we all evolved from an amoeba and full stop. It, it's patently ridiculous. And besides, why are there still amoebas? It's like, come on, it's a little bit of both. There's evidence everywhere on the world of our ability, every species ability to adapt, okay? Darwin saw this. Some turtles grew longer necks on different islands where the fruit was harder to get. Just because we have evidence of minute adaptations. Oh, and don't think that that little, little pictogram of a monkey and then an ape and then a gorilla, and then a human being tells a complete story. That's garbage. There's, a, there's a, a monkey on Sumatra, and there's an ape in Africa, and there's a gorilla in the zoo. And supposedly, they're like, oh, look, we all we, we started like this, and we finally grew to walk upright. That's ridiculous. So what is this getting at? There's evidence everywhere, everywhere, in every atom of brilliance and intelligence. That means our lives are wrapped in intelligence, which, which is belied by order and meaning and purpose and love. Not a human love that's judgmental, but an infinite, unconditional love. None of this would have ever come to pass if there wasn't just this radiant love from source. And who can even put their mind around what source is God, but not a God of religion. There's this beauty, love, purpose, meaning everywhere to our physical senses and in our heart. <clears throat> and if this is the case, what else can we notice that's patently obviously true for everyone? And that is our thoughts become the things and events of our lives. How, why, don't even go there. Let the metaphysicists, quantum physicists figure that out as they're now doing. But we can witness that there's order made possible by love and we can witness our power, full stop. Get it on. You can live the life of your dreams. You can do whatever you want. You are a spark of God. You are pure God. You are brimming with intelligence. And when you need an answer to a question, 
you draw them to you, don't you? They just fall out of the sky when you dwell and you dwell and you yearn and you want. You figure stuff out, not just from reading books, but from going within. And you can unravel any mystery of the universe because you are pure God. And you can make any dream come true because you are pure God. And this was the intention that we can evidently see all around us. Yes, there's creationism. Yes, there's evolution in the form of adaptation. Well, there you have it, fellow adventurer. Thanks for listening to this most recent installment of Spiritual Tune-Ups. If you enjoyed this podcast, please take a few seconds to rate it on the podcast service you're using right now. It makes a big difference in helping more people find us. And of course, if you want daily reminders of life's magic and your power, please sign up at tut.com for my free Notes from the Universe emails. Tally ho!